0: Good to be with you, Merlin. Uh, my name is Hugh Agro. I'm the president and CEO of Revival Gold. We're advancing the Bear Track Arnett Gold Project in Idaho, in the western United States, now 4 million ounces of gold. Uh, moving towards a PFS on this Brownfield site. Uh, With me uh, and with you, Merlin, is Tim Warman. Uh, Tim became a director of Revival Gold uh, just recently, has hot off the success of Friore Gold, uh, bringing that to operation and ultimately the sale of the company. So very relevant to the the, uh, the task at Revival Gold. But uh, we go back a lot further than that. Of course, Tim was involved with the discovery of Fruita del Norte in Ecuador and many other uh, big discoveries as a geologist by training and uh, a wonderful uh, gentleman in the business. We're happy to be with you, Merlin, and uh, chat more about Revival Gold.
1: Hugh, Tim, um, very nice to have you on this interview. And um, Hugh, thank you for the introduction. Tim, nice to meet you. Uh, today, we're going to take a, a slightly different approach. Normally, in the in, in my interviews, I talk on the pro- at the project level. But when I was uh, talking with matt recently we we felt that there was a kind of a gap in in some of the questions that both he and i were asking uh, companies and so this is the inaugural uh validation interview um for crux and um we're honored to have <laughs> revival gold as the as as the first company really what what we we felt we were missing in the conversation was kind of an, an analysis of um the, the the value blocks in a in a in a in a, in any given company, whether um, it's in copper or in gold or whatever the commodity, and how the company sees that growth profile, um, you know, going from an exploration company up that um, that 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 Lassonde curve, and the and the and what can investors expect, uh, what can directors expect in terms of the value per share. And how that fits into the broader macro cycle and how that fits into uh, the broader kind of development cycle. So, you know, there's lots to unpack here. And thank you for being so willing to um, discuss that with me. Um, long preamble from me. Sorry about that. Um, but let's just, let's just get the kind of the, the building blocks there. Just remind me of what the market capitalization is of the company the resource base and how you view view yourself on an EV per ounce basis.
0: Sure, Uh, so market cap today about 50 million Canadian dollars with uh, about 7 million of cash, uh, last reported cash balance, uh, a resource at 4 million ounces of gold, uh, all in the Western US. Um, And I could point you to a slide that uh, perhaps picks the, um, the valuation, the relative valuation, uh, if you'd like, Merlin, just give me a moment. Yeah,
1: yeah, check. yeah, let's do that. I mean, and all of this is in the context of a difficult two years. I mean, if you look at um, most gold companies, they peaked in the middle of 2020, and we've pretty much been on a two-year beating since then.
0: That is correct. It's been a tough uh, past few years, so there's some great value in the sector for investors. Um, uh, we think that that value uh, uh, will be will be uh, brought to the, to fruition, especially as we think about what's happening in the industry, the lack of uh, growth projects to to feed uh, uh, future demand by by uh, majors and by intermediates. Um, and I think I think that's where we can outdo the um, uh, we can outdo the the metal itself. And uh, I just try to pull up this slide for you here. Um, and uh, we can look at uh, we'll look at what some of that means. So here we have um, relative value in the sector. Uh, some of our peers. Uh, these are figures that we've gathered from the market, um, from company information. And what I'm trying to show here is uh, your to answer your question directly: market cap per ounce, EV market cap per ounce of resource uh, on the left axis. Relative to you know the number of companies here, which we would uh, view as our peer companies, and then looking also at grade because grade is a big uh, factor in the value of a deposit, the uh, economics of deposit. Here's Revival Gold. Here Uh, I mentioned to you are about uh, 40 or 50 million dollar market cap, 4 million ounces of gold with 7 million of cash. So our current Valuation per ounce in the market is about uh, $8 an ounce. US, mm. um, our grade sits uh, well above a, a gram a ton. And you can see we compare very favorably with uh, some of our peers like uh, Marathon or Perpetua or O3 Mining, uh, much better in terms of grade than some of our other peers uh, in the space. And yet our valuation is pretty compelling. Uh, compared to our peers, uh, which are trading at $31 an ounce on average, we're trading at $8 an ounce on average. Compared to the average uh, takeover price of companies in the space recently from RBC, $65 an ounce. Quite a bit of upside here. On the right side of the page, we've described some of the recent premium deals. Uh, Tim can speak to uh, this one here, uh, uh, which is uh, a pretty uh pretty interesting comparable for Revival Gold. Uh, But here here you can see, you know, from $44 to $100 an ounce in recent premium deals for assets. And of course, every asset, every deposit has its own attributes that uh, mean, you know, one thing or another in terms of value, uh, ultimately. But um, certainly on grade, uh, we're in very good shape at Revival Gold. And the street research reflects that in terms of target prices for the company's shares
1: thank you um goodness um Hugh, there's a lot to unpack in that there's um there's it, it's a very data rich uh slide can i just ask the, the marathon gold on the on the right hand side is that marathon who are operating in newfoundland with um the valentine correct um, project okay thank you and um so you you've you've combined your your uh, i'm, I'm, I'm uh, just, just so i understand it correctly you've, you've got a um you've combined your indicated resource to kind of you added up the total indicated with the total inferred resource because your are inferred at 1.3 grams and your indicated is at kind of just 1.01 grams so, so is that the combined grade or the kind of weighted average grade there correct it's
0: um uh total ounces um in the ground measured indicated okay. and inferred
1: and how did you how did you select that peer group is is that um you know because it's 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 a difficult thing putting a peer group together, you know. It has to tell a picture. So, um, what was the kind of the background to that peer group?
0: Yeah, so we started firstly with uh, assets, companies with projects in our similar geography. So we're talking about the United States and, and Canada for for these companies, um, and then we 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 looked at projects in the exploration development phase. Now, some of these are further along, and hence they have higher valuation. You mentioned. Marathon, uh, you know, now with uh, aspects of permitting in place, uh, a great team there, a great project in a great location, uh, and good grade trading at a premium valuation compared to uh, this peer set. Um, on the other hand, you've got some others uh, here who are not quite as far as long. Some of these just at an expiration stage. Um, we've got uh, at Revival Gold, we're we're kind of halfway in between. We've got. A brownfield site, so we've got a head start on permitting, and we've also got a PEA um, on uh, about a third of our ounces. So uh, we're somewhere in between the peer set here, but mostly exploration development companies, North American based, um, and uh, and that's where we sort of gathered this group from.
1: Um, another, so I, I, I've I've over the years I've spent quite a lot of time looking at you know. EV per ounce equivalent. It's a it's a crude measure, but it is some form of measure. Um, and as you said, there are always uh, deposit specific or company specific idiosyncrasies that kind of can affect the the, the valuation. Um, that peer average. So it's sourced from pub- public company filings. As at September, is that September twenty twenty one?
0: Uh, it's uh, just in the last um, month or two, actually. So uh, share price data is probably uh, about a week or two old. Um, the historical average uh, M&A uh, uh, data point comes from RBC Capital. I believe that's dated July. Uh, the peer average would be just the peer average on this page. Uh, I think if you're okay. looking at a broader set of peers, you might see something between $25 and, and $45 an ounce um, uh, but if this is just this peer set here,
1: recent data. What, what, what that shows, I, I think, is that some of the more advanced projects have got a significantly higher rating, and that the the, the, the companies which are at the earlier stage are trading around that twenty or, or or below range. And and it it you could probably have added in free, um, uh, Freeman Gold and a kind of a bunch of others, which which would have shown that the explorers at the moment are suffering. Um, which I, I, you know, I, I I see that there are so many explorers which are um, having this kind of punitive valuation given to them. People have just sold them off because they can't see where the catalysts are coming from, and that the companies which are further down the road with their kind of their more advanced studies and the, um, uh, as you said, kind of marathon's got some of the key permitting in place. They're the ones who are actually pulling your average up, even though that it's still below the long term average. Um, yeah, perhaps could, could you could you drop this slide? I'd um, love to kind of get you and uh, Tim kind of um more kind of front and center.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just want to show you one uh, point that illustrates or, or reinforces what you've said, which is look at the premiums for these three companies here. Uh, Corvus undeveloped, um, um, uh, you know, twenty two percent premium for that uh, sale. Um, Fiori, on the other end of the spectrum, 44% for an operating mine. And in between, you have GSV, uh, Gold Center Ventures recently transacted a, a, um, a feasibility stage project, somewhere in between. And, um, and so that kind of illustrates and under, uh, underscores your point that as we move up the uh, development path and de risk these assets, they become more valuable to acquirers and, and uh, investors alike. I want to come back to that theme when we talk about the catalyst at Revival Gold, um, and um, and speak
1: to that. Thank you, Hugh. That's that, that's that's a key point. Um, Tim, can I bring you into the conversation at this at this stage? You know, what was your approach, um, um, with Fury? And I know that luck plays a part, but I'm sure there's some other planning as well that goes in there.
2: Yeah. So you know, Fury, I think was a was an interesting story because we were a small Nevada producer. Um, and if you looked at the kind of peer group of small producers that had gone into production, you know, within that kind of time frame that we were went into it, um, we uh, we we sort of stood out in that we were the only ones who actually made any money, um, you know, on an operating basis. And I think that made mm. us attractive. Um, but you know, one of the things that you know he was saying, and it goes back to this theme of of, of M and A and 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 really being the future, is that that you know you need to get bigger to grow. And I think companies see quality projects in good jurisdictions, and that's going to become very attractive to them. That's why I think Fiore was uh, was acquired by Calibre. You know, they were looking to, um, uh, you know, get out of uh, their single jurisdiction risk and diversify uh, on a country basis. Um, I think they were looking for a, a solid operating team. Um, and and really, I think we, we fit nicely in with their uh you know existing uh producing portfolio so that that transaction made a lot of sense um you know and and but i think one of the keys there is that you know it's the scarcity of good projects there are uh you know uh, i think that's one of the things that attracted me to revival and why i wanted to join the board was because i really like the team and i really like the deposit and i like the jurisdiction
1: good good to get the endorsement on 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 revival um um what was the what was the scale of production? What was the kind of the, the quantum that you were producing uh, on an annual basis at Fiori? At Fiori, it was about forty thousand ounces a
2: year um, from our uh, single mine, and then we had a development project next door, which was going to you know together the two of them would have kicked up over about a hundred thousand ounces a year. So that was our, our growth plan. Um, you know, we had tried actually to grow the company by acquisitions, and one of the things we found during sort of you know two and a half three years of some pretty intense. Uh, you know, due diligence work is that you know projects, even the ones that look good on surface, once you sign an NDA and you know get sort of behind the curtain, um, you see a lot of skeletons in the closet on these projects. So, you know, I think I think that's just goes back to the the kind of idea that there's a, a scarcity of, uh, of of decent projects out there.
1: How how can you communicate that you've got a good project to the market? You know, what are the, what do you see as the kind of the key? um aspects is it is it uh, grade is it taking it through to the measured category Is it advancing all your engineering studies do you i mean do you have to take it through that, the, that those gating posts of of pea prefeasibility study but because i've seen some pretty bad studies on uh, at those levels so, yeah uh, what what would how, what do you consider to be kind of key elements yeah
2: i mean i think you know it it you know as you say not all studies are created equal um you know, we when we did our PEAs and, and, and pre-feasibility studies, uh, we at Fiore always tried to be very realistic and conservative. We didn't put in, you know, numbers that were based on hope. We put in numbers that were based on our own experience operating the, you know, the, the, the existing mine at Pan. Um, but I think, you know, obviously there, there's that, that de-risking is going to add value, uh, which I think is very much what Revival is trying to do. Push it methodically through the studies. Don't try to take shortcuts. Do the work that's needed. Uh, you know, getting quality consultants to do the work so that you're not, you know, you're not using some mom and pop shop that no one's ever heard of that, uh, you know, is is going to give you a, you know, give you the, the numbers you want other than rather than the uh, the real numbers. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's key to, to, to steadily push forward and de-risk the project like that, and not just from a technical point of view, but from a, a community point of view, from a permitting point of view, from an environmental point of view. All those things are 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 key to adding value, and again, I think that's what he and his team are are doing a great job of.
1: I sometimes um, see that you go through that de-risking, and it doesn't affect the share price. It doesn't affect, and then so, there's yep. some intangible moment where the market goes, "Oh, I get this," and then you yep. just get a um, yeah. the kind of the, el- yeah. the elastic breaks, and it suddenly just goes. It's it's absolutely
2: true, and and you know we, we haven't hit that moment yet, uh, but but you know it will come, and I think. Sometimes it just needs to be, you know, a sort of track record of management telling the market, this is what to expect and then delivering on those milestones. And I think that that's one of the key things, you know, I mean, the, the projects that that never seem to get any tractions are the ones that are always, you know, uh, promising and then under delivering or not delivering. And then pushing those promises, you know, continually into the future. Um, So, yeah, I, I, it is key, you know, it's always a bit intangible when do you hit that moment that that the market suddenly wakes up and says, "Hang on, this is a real project here, and sometimes it's not the market at all. sometimes it's another company that sees it before the market does
1: yes, yeah, and that's that's when you get the m a surprising the market and it's yeah. it's quite often when sentiment is 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 going down and then you actually see that the 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 bigger beasts are um, have done their due diligence and, and and they make their move, yeah absolutely um Hugh coming back to you in terms of the kind of the development plan for um, revival, Um, you've got a lot of exploration on the go at the moment, but you're also looking at restarting a a heap leach project, which is partially completed with a kind of a PEA, but you're working to a kind of a new study. Can you just remind me of the timetable on that? Uh, Sure,
0: Uh, we're working towards a PFS. Um, We we completed the PEA in uh, uh, late 2020 Uh, encompassed about a a third of the resource uh, at the time. And we're currently drilling on uh, more of that resource to include it in the PFS and we'll get a PFS out. Um, We are, um, and then we'll move to feasibility and and, um, plan of operations. Uh, Our intention is to be in a construction mode by 2024. And I'll just uh, I'll just quickly share with the screen here and show you our, um, our our site and why you know we've got such an advantage here. Uh, you can see we've got an ADR facility, uh, gold production facility on site, power to the site, active uh, 69 kV A line, uh, core logging storage facility here, leach and solution pond. So it's not going to take us um, you know the same amount of uh, certainly not the same amount of capital and 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 not the same amount of um, Time and effort to get this back into production, but um, it, it brings up another point which you, which both of you have touched on, which is you need to be able to get to scale. And this uh, PEA, you know, contemplated um, seventy-two thousand ounces a year of production, uh, about the same sort of order of magnitude of of, of Fiore plus or minus. Uh, but what we've got with this deposit is the opportunity to put, to build scale and something that will have a f- subsequent follow-on phases, organic uh, organic, uh, organic uh, follow-on phases uh, th- th- that will allow us to get up, uh, you know, over 150, over 200,000 ounces a year, and that's uh, that's why I think this project is unique uh, from a from a marketing point of view and from a from an investor interest corporate interest point of view is we've got uh, a first phase heap leach, uh, relatively straightforward to put into operation, targeting for kind of 24 uh, timeframe to be in construction and then follow on phases, which will take us up, uh, you know, upwards over 200,000 ounces a year. Um, and, um, and that's, that's pretty unique in the
1: space. Much to unpack there that the two things I want to talk about, one is the heap leach and one is the kind of the, the future growth. Um, the, the heap leach um envisaging around seventy thousand ounces, seventy-two thousand ounces per annum of production. Um, that's going to come from um, the, uh, the both sides of your properties. Um, some open pits along the along the. Um, I'm going to get this wrong. Um, the 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 Bear Track Trend, and then the 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 kind of single larger, kind of more continuous, shallower pit from um, the the. the um, it's at the Bear Track side. Um, I always get this too confused. Sorry, I should have it written down in front of me. Stickers. Um, <clears throat> as I understood it, you were doing some kind of expanding the edges of the pit around um, Bear Track, um, around ha- Haiti and some of those other areas. And that exploration is going to be incorporated into a kind of an open pitable resource, isn't it?
0: That's correct. Um, yeah. So, this is the cross section through the main Haiti pit that you're talking about. Uh, You can see the resource outline. Uh, We just came out with this resource in May. Um, But look at this, drill holes outside of the resource footprint, uh, lone drill holes and uh, and outside of the block model, which um, are a function of the fact we just don't have enough drilling in there. Uh, So an up dip of the existing resource uh, where we've got a soil geochem anomaly, opportunity to lower uh, strip ratio. So um, this is illustrative of the kind of exploration opportunities and the opportunities to add value to the deposit. This year, uh, we're currently drilling with two drill rigs in the Joss area on the main Bear Track Trend, uh, and we'll move those rigs up to uh, this Haiti area and um, and be adding to the overall picture here as we uh, as we move towards a PFS.
1: Because I think that's going to be crucial. What you've just been talking about, you know, to get that um, to get that near term valuation kind of kicker on the share price. So um, I know you've got 4 million ounces. It's quite complex and it's quite hard to know when to schedule it. And you've spoken about the long term growth potential. But if you can demonstrate you've got a pre-feasibility study, which has got an NPV, which is reduced because you've got the, the capex saving because you've got the existing infrastructure. So if you can present an NPV at a relatively high level of engineering, which gives that a good number, then you can talk about not just EV per ounce, but also discount to NPV, which is another par- another powerful measure.
0: Yeah, and, and, and absolutely. I think, uh, as you put it, EV per ounce is crude. Uh, NAV per ounce you know, picks up all of the things that we've been talking about in the valuation of a project. So no question, there's a lot of value in doing that. Uh, But meanwhile, you know, we continue with this exploration and, you know, talk about track records. Here's a isometric three-dimensional view of our deposit uh, running from uh, 2018 to 2022. You can see the resource in 2018, the blocks shown here in red. And in 2020, we're getting more blocks with more drilling. 2022, more blocks with more drilling. And the finding cost at $5 an ounce relative to uh, you know, relative to our market cap, um, you know shows that the investment of dollars into this project is yielding benefits uh, even at our relatively low valuation. And if you think about the takeover valuations for the projects like this, large projects in good jurisdictions, uh, lots of upside for investors, let alone, you know the relative value from an NAV or from a gold price in situ uh, point of view. So this is how we make uh, shareholders' money: um, is by finding more ounces um, and by putting them into those uh, mine plans that you're talking about. I, I, I you know, I, we've been talking about this restart project, but I do, I do want to share with you a couple of uh, images which describe the um, uh, the enthusiasm we have for the subsequent phases of this project. Here's another one of those isometric views, um, and this is showing uh, in the Joss area where we've got uh, a big, uh, you know, a kilometer of strike mineralization in this block model. We're adding to the drilling in this. Uh, we're going to have results out from this drilling uh, coming in September. Uh, but these are the kinds of grades we're getting in this deposit in the underground. I mean, look at this: 19 grams over five meters uh, within uh, 110 meters of 4.3 grams. I mean, this, yep. is, this is exciting stuff beyond that uh, heap leach potential that we've been talking about. And this is what is our playing card for, you know, being in the big boys game of uh, large gold deposits in big, in, in big jurisdictions. Now, you know, we, we've, got, um, we've got a ways to go with that, which is why... We're trading at that, uh, you know, eight dollars an ounce today. So there's some de-risking to be to be done, uh, but that's the that's the scale of the prize.
1: You know, when you can put together something like that, uh, it's pretty compelling. Um, Hugh, I remember speaking to you almost a year ago um, when you were first talking about the 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 heap leach potential and the the pre feasibility or the 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 the, the, um, the P um, PEA at the time. Um, I was kind of saying well hang on you've got to kind of demonstrate the the scale of this potential of the scale of the camp you've got to get some exploration um holes into those juicy bits underneath the joss zone um i may be fickle um but just at this time of the cycle and where where we've got to i'm i'm now thirsty for um more de-risking <laughs> of the heap leech. i mean you can never win here you can never win i always <laughs> want something different and maybe well, the market does as well
0: well listen. Um, uh, let me share with you that path because I, I, I agree with you. And I think, Tim, you would agree with, uh, with Merlin here. You know, you've got you've to have a bit of your cake and eat it too. You've got to be able to show investors that uh, you, can, you can deliver return for them from something that's relatively modest uh, risk and that's financeable from, a, you know, from our, our current market cap, which is what, what Fiori did. You know, Tim's talked about that, taking that operation forward, putting it into production, and then building a growth pipeline behind that. Uh, but this is, you know, this is our broadly speaking our path to value creation. It's a, it's a bit busy, but if you know, NPV on the x-axis, so value, you know, value of the deposit, and then mm-hmm. on the y-axis, ounces in the in the in the mine plan. Of course, we already have four million ounces, but not all of them are in the mine plan yet because, of course, we're continuing to grow it. What we do have in the mine plan is about eight hundred fifty thousand ounces in the PEA plan, uh, so the NPV would be somewhere around here at about hundred million, um, generating about fifty million dollars of free cash flow a year at seventeen fifty gold. So uh, basically, our market cap every year in free cash flow from just that project. But we want to enhance on that, and so you know we're working towards a PFS, uh, ultimately an FS. Uh, we've got some opportunities which uh, I've described to you at Haiti, elsewhere, where we've got.
1: Hugh, thank you. This is a really interesting chart. Um, now I can see in the in the bottom left hand side that you've got the heap leach PEA and a and a step up in value to the the PFS fe- um, feasibility study um, figure there. But in in my experience, quite often the PEA uh, NPV is just as good as the as the fe- pre feasibility study because as you get more certainty, you get higher costs coming in you've forgotten a few things you know all the detail gets improved and so even though you get some optimization you also don't really move, move the needle much now clearly you might want to uh, hopefully the, the the pitch will improve as you add ounces but as you study around um hey d but i'm putting it to you that perhaps the npv figure won't change that much might you agree with that
0: you know, this is why we point out some of the opportunities. Yes, we have inflationary headwinds working against us, offset to some degree by the increasing uh, gold price, because the longer the gold price is at a higher level, the more confident the engineers are in, in using higher gold prices for the valuation purposes. But, but yes, we are in an inflationary environment. We are seeing costs of inputs going up. <clears throat> some of that balanced a little bit by the Gold price, but that's why we look to opportunities and, and why you know, we're focused on increasing the resource at Haiti where we've got near-surface oxide opportunities open in both directions. That drilling is really important. I think you've pointed that out. The optimization, you know, in a, just to give you a very um, particular example, we're assuming a 75% recovery, heat bleach recovery from our HD material. Now, if, <clears throat> if we do a column test work, uh, which supports some of the historic recoveries, you know, up, up uh, north of 80%, uh, and in some cases, 90% from historical column test work, if we can reproduce that <clears throat> with modern testing, then we'll have confidence to move the recoveries up on that net material and that's an optimization that will come right directly to the bottom line. Pit slopes, you know, as we add ounces and tons that are previously considered uh, waste stripping uh, where, where we've got more drill data uh, or we, where we can steepen slopes because we've got better information around geotechnical information. Those are the kinds of optimization uh, aspects which I think could build a better project. Even the sequencing, <clears throat> as you've pointed out, we've got material both at Bear Track in the main in the main um, area of the project, and then we've got this satellite pit. And as we bring in uh, that satellite pit and, and optimize its location in the overall mine plan, uh, we can get some optimization in terms of the uh, of the overall scope of things and I see opportunities here and that's why we spelled them out here. We, we think there's an opportunity to improve on the NPV and the returns for the, just the heap leach project. Um, and we Remember, we've got multiple targets across this property position. We're not going to get them all into our PFS, uh, but we'll work to get some of those into our feasibility and those will be opportunities down the road too that we'll, we'll uh, consider in the growth pipeline for the future. So yes, yes and yes, lots of opportunities to add value to the heap leach
1: Restart plan at Bear Trade. Good. Just kind of as I see it, I mean, you were talking about that um, the NPV in the, in, in the PEA um, has got a kind of a value of around 100 million. Presumably, that's US. And your market capitalization is, is uh, or in fact, your EV is around 40 million, um, possibly less if it's US. Um, so you're effectively trading at a 60% discount to your NPV.
0: Uh, More than that, because you know the 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 correct math is roughly 100 million US of value, roughly 30 million US of uh, of of market capitalization, and that's just for the ounces that are in the mine plan. So, in fact, we're 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 talking about something that's trading at currently a third of NPV. And excludes three million ounces of of, of gold in the project, which uh, we'll get those into the mine plan. And you know, I'd like to explain to you some of the 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 right side of that figure as well. But but yes, the equation is pretty pretty compelling for investors. Now, it's not going to happen all overnight. It's going to take time to put this together. Um, But that's the that is the path to delivering value for investors. And if we compare ourselves, you know, to some of our peers that have gone through that path, like marathon um you know there's a big price
1: yeah absolutely and I think if if just looking at the um the ounces that will fall into the heat bleach project and I know you've got the upside uh, of the kind of the the, the bigger trend at, at Bear track and I know you've got the kind of the million ounce potential on off to one side but just looking at what falls into the heat bleach um I think that crucial thing is walking down that discount as you de-risk the project instead of Having a seventy percent discount to your NPV, you march it up to a sixty percent discount, and then a fifty percent discount. And the once you're in permitting and you're kind of in the fi- um, um, front end uh, engineering design, you know that discount was probably down at thirty percent. You know you're training at point seven of NEV for that project. Um, so really, the kind of the, the the next step is to kind of get those pre-feasibility numbers out. And that's a real kind of building block of value that you'll be able to demonstrate just for that, um, just for that heap leach project. And of course, as a sidecar, you're gonna you're gonna keep pulling out the results from Jos and kind of show the upside and the kind of the scale of the, of the of the project. So, I mean, you you said earlier that the drilling is is ongoing, and so I expect those results to continue. Can you just give me a, a bit of timeline for the for for the pre feasibility study, please?
0: Yeah, so we're presently targeting to get that done uh, here in the next uh, 6 to 12 months. Um, and, and you're right, that is an important building block. But I, I, I've got to bring you back to the bigger picture, Merlin, because, you know, of course, you have companies like Great Bear that are being bought for, you know, literally billions of dollars uh, with no economics on them. And why is that? It's because the corporate development team scouring the world for good places to mine are looking for big projects that could be meaningful for the long term uh, of the business. So what we don't wanna do is get caught with our pants down, narrowly focused on the heap bleach restart, which you know, which is which has uh, uh, got lots of value to it and which will deliver a lot of free cash flow and 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 have somebody come over the transom. Um, and recognize value in our project that we have not communicated to investors. So, I want to stress there's 4 million ounces. We've got a whole heck of a lot more. Uh, we've got drill results coming out in September. We want to get that message out because our, our concern is that the, the, the smarter corporates out there that are looking to fill their pipelines will see that value before your audience sees it um, and, um, and they'll miss out on the opportunity. It's, it's a, my job to make sure we communicate that upside and we've got an open data room we've got several corporates in that data room looking at things uh, and i'm not saying this is you know something that transpires in the next 6 months or a year but um, i can't i can't leave this conversation without talking about the upside and why that is important for our
1: investors well you haven't you've you've <laughs> you've covered it <laughs> tim tim do you want to kind of share any final thoughts on kind of how you advise the the company um as a director on kind of um building value your kind of personal thoughts on what you give to the board
2: yeah i mean i think you know one of the things i bring and i think one of the reasons that you asked me to be on the board uh you know was my experience in the u.s i mean i've I've gone through this already uh you know nevada is a slightly different environment but it still works under the same federal rules and the same process and everything and and you know we had the same challenges with regulators as we permitted and and all the things that you know that have to be done along the way, and just just that kind of experience in taking a you know, I mean, we took a company that again was a past producer, much like uh, much like you has in revival. Uh, you know, we we looked at it, we reevaluated it, we turned it around, we turned it into a cash flowing asset, and uh, and then we got taken out. And I think that that process, I mean, it's not exactly identical, but I, I think that my experience in that process is 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 invaluable. Um, at least I hope it is. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I think again, going back that kind of just steady, systematic checking the boxes, going through the steps, telling the market what you're going to do and then doing it, um, you know, that's sort of, I guess, been my, my advice and, 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 you know, where I'm, I'm hopefully adding some value to
1: the board. Great. Well, thank you very much. Um, Hugh, we've probably got to wrap it up there, but, um, it's been really interesting seeing your, um, having your insights. Thank you very much for preparing the materials, showing how you uh, value the company, the building blocks of value. That's been extremely useful as well. Um, and I look forward to um, seeing you round the traps, perhaps um, at conferences in the near future and uh, catching the news flow as it comes through in the coming months.
0: Thank you, Merlin. Appreciate the interest. Thank you.